crime stories with Nancy Grace. We are told that a hundred volunteers have mobilized in the search for this child. He's four-year-old Malachi Lawson. Here's his picture. He was here in Northwest visiting his grandmother. He is actually from East Baltimore. We're told that the grandmother and the boy were outside. She went in the house for snacks. When she came back outside, he was gone. At that point, I believe police were notified. Um, they, they were searching all evening. They had helicopters in the area searching. Uh, we were notified this morning to assist, and we gathered about 100 volunteers to assist uh, in the search, and we've been doing that ever since. Now, the police have said that he's mildly autistic. Is that information that you were given as well? We've, we've had conflicting information. Um, we, did, we did find um, a credible source saying that that was not the case. He just had some speech issues. So what do you want people who are out there and out in the neighborhoods to do at this point? At this point, if this child... Um, had some uh, um, spectrum issues. He might not act like a typical four-year-old would. He could just be sitting on somebody's porch. He could be maybe in a tree. We don't really know, um, but at 24 hours missing, we're uh, obviously very alarmed and worried, and we want to make sure this child gets returned to his mother. You know, at a moment like this, you have to take and analyze every single word you're hearing, because literally minutes count when a child is missing. A four-year-old boy, at first thought to have autism, later to be believed with basically speech impediment, four years old, Malachi Lawson, on the front porch with his grandmother at her house. She goes in to get a snack, comes back out. He's gone. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. You were just hearing WJZ reporter Pat Warren. Where is Malachi? Take a listen to our friends at WMAR. We checked the cemetery here. It's got uh, a tremendous amount of wooded area with paths. We had 10, 15 guys in there checking each path. Uh, we checked uh, Rastamo Plaza. We checked the plaza nearby here. Heshi Klein is the vice president of operations for Baltimore Showroom. He says city police called them this morning to help with the search, and they immediately got nearly 100 volunteers. A lot of us are fathers. A lot of us are grandfathers. And you have a four-year-old child that is missing, defenseless, unable to defend for themselves. It struck a nerve. Well, I'm a father of two young children, and so when you hear about a missing child, you're reaction is to do everything that you can do to help. Councilman Yitzi Schleifer spent the day looking for Malachi. He says it was no surprise so many people pitched in. No matter uh, what, what neighborhood they're from, everybody really comes together here in this district um, to look after one another and to, especially when it comes to a child. When they wrapped up, other agencies continued, like Baltimore Police, the FBI, and State Police. If you see Malachi, call police immediately. He was last seen wearing a tank top, khaki shorts, black flip-flops, and bright blue glasses with braided hair. Police say he walks with a limp since he broke his femur when he was younger. I know you're hearing a police uh, news report. That was our friends at WMAR2, Aaron McPherson. But every word I'm hearing is like I'm drinking out of fire hydrant because it's so I'm trying to process how this is going to help me find them. And I, I just want to go to somebody really quickly, uh, to Daryl Cohen former felony prosecutor with me in inner city Atlanta, now a renowned defense attorney. Daryl, I, I don't want to rub you the wrong way, but 
you know, when everybody gets in front of the microphone and starts talking about how we all came together and we all these people and we're going to have a vigil and we're going to light a candle, maybe it makes me a bad person, but that just irritates me. It irritates me so badly because tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. All I can think about is, okay, bright blue sunglasses, khaki shorts, uh, flip-flops, four years old, has a limp. Where is he? Why can't anybody find him? How did he go missing so quickly? Don't waste your time lighting a candle. Although I know that makes people feel better. It makes me feel worse because we're losing time. Well, as I see it, lighting a candle says he's dead. I don't see that. I see you've got to look for every little thing. You point out the sunglasses. That's major. Can you find those sunglasses? Are they on the ground? Are they somewhere? We're looking for clues. We're looking immediately for things that can help bring us to him as quickly as we can. Because of his age, because of the fact that he walks with a limp, these are major things. Forget the families that coming together Remember the people who are looking and give them the major clues that they need. So if they see a child, they immediately, they look for the braided hair. They look for all the little things that by themselves mean nothing, but put together, they mean everything. Karen Stark, psychologist, uh, everything he just said is right. But I still, I hate to even say it sometimes because I, I don't want to be thought of as being harsh or cold, but... The, the candles and the, the flowers and the, the teddy bears, he's missing. And I appreciate the love. I do. But I, I just feel like everybody needs to be out looking or doing something instructive to find the child. Every, I don't know, I feel like a bomb is about to blow up. Maybe I've been around it for so long, but literally minutes count. And I just, I keep looking back at the story of the grandma, and I'm not doubting the grandma. I'm not saying she's a big liar. But on the front porch, maybe it's because it scares me inside that this could happen to John, David, and Lucy. Maybe that's why I get so frantic and crazy. There you go, Nancy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Explain. I think that for every parent, it's so frightening to hear us. You know, you just can't even begin to imagine that that would happen to your child. And yes, every minute really does count. I mean, seconds are counting when you're talking about a child. The people who are out there with the candles and the teddy bears, they're doing it for themselves because they can't go looking for this child and they don't know what to do with themselves. So they have to have some kind of sign that they're aware that he's missing. But I I think, well, they're two separate issues, actually. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I think that's it. They're doing everything they can at that moment. So I guess... I, I, I. they're they're trying in their own way to do something for Malachi Lawson. Not everybody can leave work and go look. Not everyone can leave home in the middle of the night and go look. Not everyone is a cop or a, a running a group of canines. You, you, so they're doing what they can. And for that, I'm grateful. All I can do is analyze the facts. With me right now, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter Levi Page. Let me just start at the beginning, Levi, because every fact matters. Tell me, how did this little boy, four years old, with a limp, you know what that means to me, translation, he can't go far and he can't go fast, okay? He's got a limp and everybody knows it. He didn't leave on his own and get that far if she just went in to go get a snack. Tell me what happened. Don't leave anything out, Levi. He was, he was, 
in the front yard near the front porch playing when the grandmother said that he vanished. And we know that the uh, he had a mother. Her, her name is uh, Alicia Lawson. She's 25 years old, and she had a wife who is 40, and she's the person that called 911 to report him missing. And this child was nowhere to be seen. We know that the FBI was involved. We know that law enforcement immediately dispatched search dogs to search for him, and they detected no scent in this area at all. He was literally vanished without a trace. Okay, hold on, hold on, right there, right there. Karen Smith joining me, uh, well-known forensics expert. I've worked with her many, many times on recreations, founder of Bare Bones Consulting. What, how is this translating in your head? Now, that bugs me right there, that dogs are brought in immediately and they cannot pick up a scent. Yeah, that is bothersome. And you're dealing with Baltimore. That is a big City. And, and you're right. He had a limp. He couldn't go far. He was only four. He was just a little boy. So the first thing that goes through my mind is a snatch and grab. Is he in a car? Do we have a description? Did anybody see anything? Uh, you know, this is a wide berth. Police are, are at a loss right now. If they're bringing in dogs, I don't know if they're suspecting foul play at this point, but that is a standard procedure. You're bringing in canines. They have a, a, a nose that can smell a thousand times things more than we can. So you're, you're doing a wide berth. You're sending out patrol officers all over the city in different areas, and you're just looking at gas stations for footage. You're looking at Walmarts, at McDonald's, at all these restaurants, anywhere where an adult would take a child. And I'm telling you, Nancy, this breaks my heart because this little boy literally vanished into thin air and the police are left with very, very little in the way of evidence or what may have happened. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We have another night with a missing four-year-old. Malachi was here on this block in the 4500 block of Rogers Avenue with his mother at his grandmother's house when the mother went inside for something and when she came back, he was gone. Volunteers joined the search for four-year-old Malachi Lawson as if he were their own. Since this is on your route, this little boy went missing from right here in this block just yesterday. If you see or hear anything, feel free to call me. Thank you. He was reported missing from his grandmother's house in the 4500 block of Rogers Avenue in northwest Baltimore around 3.30 yesterday. State police brought in a canine unit to aid in the search. Baltimore Shamrim mobilized 100 more volunteers. And we just drop everything and we run. We hear four-year-olds missing. We have uh, bloodhounds that are searching the area. We have FBI, uh, help from our FBI agents. Uh, who are helping us going door to door, working with resources. Malachi's family this evening, his mother and grandmother were not at home. Are they coming back this evening? Uh, I think they're with the police. 
They're with the police. You're hearing our friends at WJZ. That was reporter Pat Warren. Now, I just heard something that caught my attention immediately. My head snapped up from the notes I was taking. I want to hear if you catch it as well. Now listen to Pat Warren. Now listen to Pat Warren reporting just 24 hours before. We are told that 100 volunteers have mobilized in the search for this child. He's four-year-old Malachi Lawson. Here's his picture. He was here in Northwest visiting his grandmother. He is actually from East Baltimore. We're told that the grandmother and the boy were outside. She went in the house for snacks. When she came back outside, he was gone. At that point, I believe police were notified. Um, they, they were searching all evening. They had helicopters in the area searching. Uh, we were notified this morning to assist, and we gathered about 100 volunteers to assist uh, in the search, and we've been doing that ever since. Now, the police have said that he's mildly autistic. Is that information that you were given as well? We've, we've had conflicting information. Um, we did we did find um, a credible source saying that that was not the case. He just had some speech issues. So what do you want people who are out there and out in the neighborhoods to do at this point? At this point, if this child um, had some uh, um, spectrum issues, he might not act like a typical four-year-old would. He could just be sitting on somebody's porch. He could be maybe in a tree. We don't really know, um, but at 24 hours missing, we're obviously very alarmed and worried, and we want to make sure this child gets returned to his mother. Again, WJZ, did you hear that? My head nearly snapped off my neck. Yeah, they sounded a lot alike. But 24 hours ago, it was reported he was sitting on the front porch with his grandmother. 24 hours later, he's sitting on the porch with his mother. Did anybody hear that beside me? Because that is a very big difference. And I'm not going to bore you for too long, but I've got to recount when John David went missing, my son, who is now 11, praise be to God, they've made it this far. Lord, help me keep going with them and keep them safe. I will never forget as long as I live. And it all started at the community pool. Okay, I'm there, as usual, swimming, fully clothed. And um, some mom came up to me in her cute little Lily Pulitzer outfit and starts talking about how she makes her own organic sunscreen. Okay, I'm looking at the clock because I know I've only got one hour before I have to get out of the pool and go to work wet and try to change clothes at work to get on the air. And I'm feeling like the biggest loser ever because I guess I'm apparently rubbing cancer into my children's skin every day. Okay, well, you know the next morning I'm up with the children dragging them to Babies R Us warehouse to try to find organic sunscreen, okay? That's how the whole thing starts, and I blame that mother. Every time I see her, I just want to wring her neck. So I'm there, and the shelves start down at the floor, and they go really, really high, and you actually have to get help if you want something up off the top. So I'm down there in all my glory with the twins, all scrunched down on the floor, trying to find organic sunscreen. I'm talking. I can't find it. I'm kind of like crawling along the floor, trying to go from this one to that one to that one to this one. I finally give up and stand up, turn around, and there's Lucy. There's no John David. I pick, I had practiced this many times for fire drills. I picked her up like a football, and we started running. 
I can still hear. I had those horrible Crocs, giant bright neon pink Crocs on. My husband had given me in his misdirection and running along trying to find John David. I went about three aisles. Finally, I screamed bloody murder, locked the doors. My son is missing. Okay, everybody looked at me like I was a space alien. So I started screaming again. Long story short, as you know, we found him. He had snuck off in his Crocs, which are silent, and was on some other row trying to break into a toy. Okay, so that's what happened. But if somebody now retold that story and said it was my mom who was there looking for organic sunscreen, that is a big problem. That's changing the story. Daryl Cohen, you know, because you and I have had on different sides of the fence, you had a defendant, I had a, a, a target. When they start changing their story or anybody changes a story, again, I'm not blaming the mom or the grandma, but when their story starts changing, I got a problem, Daryl, a big problem. I don't have a problem if it's a small thing, but mother versus grandmother, as opposed to yellow versus pink, there's a major difference. There's somebody or somebodies that are no longer telling the truth. They probably weren't in the beginning, but now it becomes blatantly obvious. So if they're not telling the truth, is it mother? Is it grandmother? Maybe it's grandfather. Oh, my gosh. Now we know that their veracity, their truthfulness is gone, and we can no longer believe anything that they said and that, and Nancy, you're right, that is major. Well, I disagree with you, actually, because right now somebody asked me, what were John David and Lucy wearing on Halloween? Let's see, uh, John David was a pickle. I now know that there is an icon in some game like Fortnite, maybe, M- Pickle Rick. Or maybe it's not Fortnite, I don't know. But he was the pickle. He had on green sunglasses. Lucy was a banana. She had on yellow sunglasses. So this kid had on blue sunglasses. So you say, does it matter if you say pink, then you say yellow. See, to me, that's something I would remember. I would remember that. Even that would drive me over the edge, much less saying he was with his grandma. Now he's with his mother. Now, there may be a way to explain that because maybe they were both sitting out on the stoop. Maybe. But if they were both sitting out on the stoop and one left to go get a snack, that leaves one out there with the baby. So, see, no matter how you slice that bread, half a loaf is missing. Something is way wrong here. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here. I remember every night before I would go to work at CNN HLN, I would bathe the twins, and that was a special time for me anyway, I would teach them their ABCs, their one, two, threes. Lucy would only eat dinner in the bathtub. I had to feed her dinner in the bathtub. I would give her one full hour and John David one full hour. Then I would actually go to work soaking wet. It was one of the happiest times of my life. And I guess that's why I gravitated to Emily Mason. Emily Mason, gorgeous young professor at a local college, Swainsboro, Georgia, East George College. I traveled to Swainsboro to investigate her death. And this is what I learned. Emily was bathing her two little girls in the tub when someone came into her home, chased her, 
from room to room, the last thing her little girls ever heard from their mother was mommy running, screaming for her life. Those are their vivid last memories of mommy. She was brutally murdered. And you may ask, where was her husband during all this? Well, her husband, also a professor at East Georgia College, a P.E. professor, a P.E. coach, happened to be gone. He just happened to leave for a local Walmart or Home Depot or Lowe's. And in that short window of time, he comes home to find his wife dead in the home. The children, one was nonverbal, could hardly describe a thing. What happened to Emily Mason? Her story really has touched me. The mystery surrounding the death, the brutal death of this young mom, Emily Mason. This Saturday, we will be Facebooking, Instagramming, and tweeting live throughout the episode. This Saturday, Oxygen, August 17, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 Central. Please join us. Thanks, friend. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. We are discussing the search for a four-year-old little boy with a slight speech impediment and a limp. All sorts of alarms were going off in my head when I heard he had a limp. Then the grandmother's on the front porch with the little boy, goes in for a snack, comes out, he's gone. Then it's the mother says she was there. To me, the facts are getting murky. Then all the reporters are on the front porch trying to reach them, and they're nowhere to be found. Now I know where they were. It is with a heavy heart that I stand before you. We have a development in the case of four-year-old Malachi Lawson. Last night, after extensive interviews with Malachi's mother, Alicia Lawson, she confessed that her son was not missing but deceased. She subsequently gave detectives the location of the child's remains, which were in the 5500 block of Hayden Avenue. The biological mother, Alicia Lawson, and her partner will be charged with child neglect resulting in the death of a minor later this afternoon. The child's body has been transported to the medical examiner's office, where an autopsy will be performed to determine the exact cause of death. It should be noted that the medical examiner's findings could bring about additional charges after a review from the state's attorney's office. You know, sometimes I can hardly take it in or feel like I can keep going when everyone, the whole community, and I'm giving them H-E-double-L about lighting candles, but that's all they can do at that moment. They're doing everything they can do trying to find this boy. And the whole time, the mother, the biological mother, knows the boy is dead. Take a listen to our friend Pat Warren at WJZ13. Neither the cause nor the circumstances of four-year-old Malachi Lawson's death have been revealed yet, but police say that under questioning last night, his mother admitted his death. After a two-day-long search and investigation, this is the ending no one wanted. After extensive interviews with Malachi's mother, Alicia Lawson, she confessed that her son was not missing but deceased. 
He was reported missing from his grandmother's house in the 4500 block of Rogers Avenue in northwest Baltimore around 3.30 Thursday. State police brought in a canine unit to aid in the search, but Alicia Lawson's confession brought the search to a close. She subsequently gave detectives the location of the child's remains, which were in the 5500 block of Hayden Avenue. Lawson originally told police she had left the boy alone on his grandmother's porch on North Rogers Avenue, and when she returned, he was gone. Investigators found Malachi's body in a dumpster with signs of physical injury. In a dumpster. In a dumpster. The baby boy was in a dumpster. Take a listen to our friend at WJZ, Rachel Minotov. Alicia Lawson says when she woke up, she found Malachi, quote, laying in his bed in a puddle of wetness. He wasn't responsive, and she believed that he was dead. So Lawson called a lift to take her to the 5500 block of Hayden. That's where she placed Malachi in a trash bag and placed him in a dumpster. FBI agents obtained information from Lawson's cell phone that she was searching for trash collection sites that same day. Alicia and Shatika Lawson are both charged with 11 counts in including involuntary manslaughter, child abuse, and making false statements to the police. When I hear that story, it, it literally makes my my skin, I, I feel like cringing. Straight out to CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter Levi Page. What do we know about how police get this confession? So they started becoming suspicious when they found out that Alicia Lawson was on her cell phone and was making searches before the 911 call was made to report her son missing. She was making searches looking for uh, trash sites, dumpster sites. Okay, wait, 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 wait. What did you just say? She's doing searches for? The locations of where you could uh, take trash and leave it, where uh, the sanitation workers will pick up trash. She was looking for different areas in Baltimore of where to put trash. Okay, so they get that off her cell phone, searches on her cell phone. Karen Smith, this is telling me a lot. It's telling me that her story is such a lie. Number one, when you, again, let me go back to John David. I'll never forget when he was at a birthday party. He was four, and it was at a professional-grade basketball court, and he was running and he dropped what he had in his hand. It was like a ball or a something. And he inst- he was losing it. Instead of trying to stop, he kept running after it. He fell. He went airborne, believe it or not. I saw it happen and hit his head. He came straight down on his head. I don't know how he did it on that hardwood floor. His head immediately, it was this huge thing on his head. I immediately ran and grabbed him. We were on the fourth floor. I couldn't wait for the elevator. I carried him down four flights, ran to the car, into the emergency room. He ended up being in the hospital for four days with a major concussion to his head. I did not pause to consult my phone and start looking things up. So that's one dynamic. But tell me, how do cops go through somebody's cell phone and find things like this? Well, first of all, normally for a cell phone, you need a search warrant. In this case, it shouldn't be a problem. You have a missing boy and you have an inconsistent story from the mother. Boom. When you go into a cell phone, the search history, the cookies, we all see the little flags for this site uses cookies. Well, fine. That's great. doesn't matter if you accept it or not. Guess what? It's in your phone. It's in your computer. There's all kinds of data, timelines 
timestamps and websites that are in your computer and it's very easy to find them. They're gonna look at what time she did the searches, what the websites were, where she clicked over from those websites, and they are going to use that to spin her story and show that she had some kind of prefabricated idea about what she was going to do. And of course, the major issue, you know, the phone, yes, I'm focused on that because it's forensic evidence, but this child, Malachi Lawson's little body, Joining me right now, special guest out of South Carolina, renowned medical examiner, Dr. Michelle Dupree, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide. Dr. Dupree, if you had to estimate, how many autopsies have you done in your life? Oh, wow, Nancy, probably um, over 3,000. Gosh. You know, I don't even know how many cases I've prosecuted, investigated, taken to trial, or covered. I can't even count them anymore. And... It never, the sting of a case like this never goes away for me. I don't know why. You know, just the other day marked the day of my fiance's murder. And it hurt so bad. It never goes away. Just like this, the four-year-old little boy, the mom taking him to a trash dump in a lift. That's like an Uber Seriously? Dr. Dupree, they keep saying we're waiting on the autopsy, waiting on the autopsy. Okay, good, good. Why? Why do I need to know we're waiting on an autopsy to know this mother killed the boy? I mean, all I need to know is she took his body in a lift to the dump that she was searching dumps on her cell phone. Why do I have to wait on an autopsy? Well, Nancy, first of all, you want to make it official. Um... There are many things that an autopsy can tell us. One of the things that we look at is the severity of the injuries. You always have to rule out, could this have been accidental? And I think from what we know now, obviously not. And so we want to prove that medically, legally, and forensically. And that can help with the charges that are brought against the perpetrator. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I just heard a lot of uh, sirens from the police last night. Uh, a lot of caution tape out here. Justin Robinson lives in the complex where the child's body was found. They just messed up a little kid that young, you know. It's hard to believe. Yeah, it. Like, like this world is crazy out here. That's what I'm saying. Volunteers have been searching for Malachi Lawson as if he were their own. This was truly a community effort. Unfortunately, it's with a heavy heart that we bring you this news about the death of Malachi and about now the arrest of his mother and her partner. 25-year-old Alicia and 40-year-old Shatika Lawson are in police custody. They are charged with neglect leading to death of a child. Additional charges may be determined. You may wonder uh, why the reporters at WJZ 13 are saying neglect. Well, 
Here's why. Charging documents say that on Thursday, August 1st, Alicia Lawson called police and said that her four-year-old son, Malachi Lawson, was missing. After an extensive search using multiple police resources, even with the help from the state's canine unit, Malachi was nowhere to be found. The investigation reveals that Alicia and Shatika Lawson were bathing Malachi at their home nine days before he was reported missing. That's when they noticed severe burns to his entire lower body. According to court documents, they could, quote, see skin from his body floating in the water after they pulled him from the bathtub. The couple decided to treat the wounds at home and did not call 911 or seek any type of medical help for fear that Malachi would be taken from them. You know what? I, I wanted to pull my headset off because I knew what she was about to say. But I'm not because I would tell juries that they could not turn away from the facts, no matter what they were. That the mother put the child in water so hot, his skin peeled off in the tub. To Dr. Michelle Dupree, renowned medical examiner, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide, Dr. Dupree, tell me what this means. There's a couple of questions I think we need to ask. One, if the water was so hot, normally a parent is going to test the water before they do this. So that water to be that hot is extremely abnormal. Most water heaters don't go up that, that high. And to have the child in that water for that long to cause the skin to peel is very, very, very suspicious. You know, I'm just thinking uh, again about the twins. When I run a bath for them, now they, this makes me cry, now they run their own, whatever. But when I would run a bath for them, I, I would feel it or even after I felt it, if they put their toe in it, they'd get back out because they don't, I, I like it really hot. They don't, and we'd put in cold. But how could the child not jump out if it was too hot? I, none of this makes sense to me, and everywhere it takes my mind is worse than what they're saying. And I'm just trying to figure out how the grandma went along, if she did with that original story. Now we're hearing he was gone nine days Straight out to Dave Mack joining me along with Levi Page, Dave Mack, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Dave Mack, what can you tell me about cops testing the water in the home? After they heard the story, they actually reacted the same way you just did. There's no way a mother could put a child in a tub that hot and keep them there. So they went to test it out to make sure. And when they turned the hot water on and filled the tub, it never got past lukewarm. Letitia Lawson claims that the landlord came and fixed the hot water heater so that it wouldn't get that hot anymore. But again, another lie and another unbelievable story. And the cops are just testing everything out. They don't believe it, but that was the end result. You know, I just don't see how this can not be a murder because murder, one, with life or the death penalty can be obtained in many, many different ways. For instance, there can be premeditated murder where you, let's just say, poison someone over a period of time like every morning. Jackie doesn't like the coffee that I make because it's instant and it's from Dollar Tree. No, she would not let her precious tongue touch that. She brings her own. Fine, but what if I poison it every day? Just a tiny, don't look at me like that. Just a tiny bit every day until, whoop, she kills over. That is premeditated murder. Guess what? There's more than one way to skin a cat. There's felony murder, such as a mother 
who commits felony child abuse by putting their child in a scalding hot tub and then the child dies as a result of that abuse. Maybe she didn't intend to kill the child, just abuse it horribly. That's felony murder. That equals life or the death penalty. There's also abandoned and malignant heart. Let me just go on. For instance, when you drive through, let's just say a flea market at 90 miles an hour, your heart is so abandoned to the risk to human life, you're deemed to have a black and malignant heart. That is also murder, and you get the life or the death penalty. So long story short, there's a lot of ways. Uh, this is not going to be pled down. I don't see how this is going to be pled down. And to Karen Smith, forensics expert, Bare Bones Consulting founder, Karen, explain to me this whole death by hot water. Well, I think you've used the legal term BS before, Nancy, and that's exactly what this is. I had a case similar to this, and the mother actually switched out the water heater and put the old one in the driveway. Didn't have trash pickup yet. So you know what I did? I went out and I dusted for fingerprints on that hot water heater, and there's a plate that you remove to get to the temperature gauge. And on that plate, guess whose fingerprints were on it? The mother's. Whoa, whoa. If I had not given up cursing when the twins were born, I would say, damn, girl, that's smart. But since I gave it up, I won't say that. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I would do in this case is that plate and that temperature gauge. I would be dusting for prints. I would be processing it and finding out if the maintenance man's prints are on it. Great. Go interview him. When did you change the temperature and what was it before you changed it? You take pictures of where it's set now. Is there a, an area that has been worn down where it was set before? You look at these minutiae. You look at these small details because they tell a story, Nancy. And the story in this case is the mother is full of garbage and she needs to be put away. To Levi Page, where I hate to even call her a mother because she does not deserve that. Where is the mother and her partner right now? They're behind bars, Nancy. And what's so frustrating about this case is that she has a history with Child Protective Services. This child was removed from her care when he was one years old and placed with a foster mother. And I don't know what exactly the details are. CPS is not releasing it. But we do know that he had a broken femur bone when he was younger. And from what I've read, that is a very difficult bone to break. And I'm wondering if it had anything to do with that. CPS is not releasing any details on why he was removed. Oh, yeah, Levi Page. I, I just bet they aren't because they're going to be busted for doing another bad job and another dead child on their hands. CPS, what a, what a joke, Child Protective Services. I, I hate them. I hate them. I'm just, just sick. The moment I heard he walked with a limp, alarms went off in my head. Here's the other thing I'm sorry about. The death penalty was abolished in Maryland. Well, I can say this. Mommy, rotten hell. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Bye.